Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we are going to be discussing an article from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Flexible Stocking Rate Options for Drought Management. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Ryan Benjamin, who's a Nebraska Extension Educator based in Cherry County. Thanks for joining me today, Ryan. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Ryan, drought has been a major impact across the Great Plains this year and all the way down into Texas and West. With that, it's obviously had a significant impact on forage production on rangeland, and that's resulting in people being out of grass, being out of feed. In this article, you talk about the option of thinking about stocking rates on rangeland and pasture, how you might approach that as you think about just the variability we can see from one year to the next in terms of forage production. Walk through with us some of the principles you talk about in this article and why you think some adaptation to a flexible stocking rate may be an important tool as we think about managing rangelands. I kind of wrote this based off of the stocking rate equation, and I talk about it further in the article. Um, I won't go into it here, but um, I talk about each kind of piece of that equation and how to maybe think about flexibility within each piece of the equation. Um, the reason I think it's important to be flexible is a lot of times we try to manage for an average or something. And um, if you just look at like year to year rainfall, the average really doesn't capture what each year does. And we have years of um, a lot of moisture like we saw in like 2019 and we have years of severe drought um, 2012 this year and so um, this is the idea of flexible uh, stocking rates is really not only a tool for drought but really I think um, should be used every year for planting grazing but it's especially critical maybe in drought years. So the things that I focused on in the article um, was the animals, time, and then the forage resources, and just walking through um, some different options that I've been thinking about in each of those categories. So as we think about different classes of animals, as we think about ranching, probably the least flexible class of animal in terms of finding a place to go with them, moving them, selling them would be the breeding animals. Here I'm thinking about mature cows or we might be thinking about sheep or goat. It would be ewes or does. Uh, those animals that are pregnant and have young at side, from a management perspective, those are the ones that are probably most challenging to move or depopulate. And oftentimes though, those are the core of a ranch operation. So kind of walk through us with us as you think about stocking different classes of cattle, how do you think about different classes in terms of their flexibility and what you can do with them? Yeah, so like you said, um, your breeding herd is is kind of the least flexible option you have. And so kind of what I've been thinking about is maybe trying to match the herd to your lowest or your, your worst drought years so that you, you pretty well know that you have the forage resources in almost every year to take care of your main breeding herd. And then look at um, including other classes of cattle on top of that. And that could be anything from 
you know, custom grazing yearlings, purchased yearlings, dry cows, breeding open cows into a fall calving type scenario and then selling them, or even including uh, some small ruminants such as sheep and goats into your operation, maybe leasing leasing out for sheep and goats. And one of the things I think about and in the Great Plains, we see really some significant variation oftentimes from highs and lows from one year to the next in terms of forage production. Uh, maybe not so much drastic difference from one year to the next, but if you look at over time, just the highest production year and the lowest production year, uh, we can see, you know, 10 times almost the difference in forage production. I just remember back 2012, there was some range data where they only produced about 200 pounds of forage and in an average year, closer to 1,500 pounds. So that's a drastic difference. You know, I think as we think about a core cow herd, probably maybe 40 to 60% of annual forage production just being committed to that core cow herd. And then the rest of forage production, if it's coming from native range or rain-fed pasture, you know, being dedicated to animals that are more flexible. It might be replacement heifers, might be steers you rent over as yearlings, as you said, might be cull cows or rebreeds, uh, could be even cattle you custom graze. But then as you're looking at weather conditions, seeing what's happening in terms of precipitation, those classes of cattle grade, give you greater flexibility to think about, you know, what do we do here if we don't get rain? The other thing I think about Nebraska is for many people, winter corn stocks are a major feed resource. And, you know, a lot of those are irrigated. And so the dependability of those is a little different as well. And then if you're also in parts of the state where in the sand hills, you've got some really dependable irrigated, sub-irrigated meadows or irrigated pasture, that changes it also. So I think just understanding your forage resource, understanding your vulnerability to drought, understanding estimated average forage production, and then thinking about a system, classes of livestock to best match to that. Yeah. And so I kind of talk about that a little bit as well. I was thinking about some options. You know, if you owned a lot of range and you didn't want to run the yearlings on top of the 40%, 40 to 60% that you saved for your cows, maybe even leasing out that pasture. I hesitate doing that in some ways because you don't want to leave someone in a lurch in a drought year. But, um, you know, just, I, I really want to think through these options. And like you said, irrigated ground, uh, I think there's a little, little more consistency on and the sub-irrigated ground. Um, I, w I was really thinking about range-based um, production systems for this, for this article. Well, the other thing I think about is just, we don't have to graze that pasture during the active growing season. And so there is the option then of dormant season grazing and, and taking in cattle for dormant season grazing, dry cows brought in say first of November ran till uh, first of March, similar to what would maybe be a corn stock scenario. But if you've got some native range that uh, you would typically just graze in the winter and uh, kind of as a flex piece. And uh, if you needed additional cattle to graze, then dry cows fit that scenario very well. And, when I said just grazed in the winter, maybe something you defer during the summer, but then have the option to utilize it if you get into drought. So, boy, there's a lot of ways to put the puzzle together. I think it just depends on the type of resource you have, the class of cattle you're comfortable with. But I think having a conversation in a year like this about if we're going to need to destock and we're going to think about 
then bringing animals back or purchasing animals? Do we want to look at our system as it is currently and maybe make some tweaks or changes as we think about moving forward? Yeah. And for a lot of people, I think now is going to be a a good opportunity to make some changes or at least think through it. You know, I, I often think about the option to make a decision and deciding not to make a decision is, is a decision. And so I don't know, I try to take every opportunity I can to at least think through the decisions I have available. And I think now is a good opportunity to think through some decisions and it's okay not to change but um, I think it's good to at least think through what's available and what we can do differently in the years ahead of us. So, Ryan, anything else on this topic that you think would be of value? I guess one thing I would mention, we didn't talk about early weaning. There's There's some things like that that give us a little bit of flexibility with our breeding herd. And they say that early weaning saves about 10 pounds of forage per cow per day. So for those that are still dealing with um, poor conditions and trying to get the last bit out of pastures, early weaning might be something to think about coming into the fall here. Thanks again for joining me today, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. And the title of the article, Flexible Stocking Rate Options for Drought Management. 